Hey, science nerds, welcome to Beyond the Abstract, a podcast dedicated to discussion of the coolest cutting edge basic science research papers in a way that just about anyone can understand. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 6 of Beyond the Abstract. It's your hosts, Derek and Ellen, and this week our super duper special (laughs) guest is... We actually ran out of friends, so... Just the two of us. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) Sorry. We actually, we ran out of friends, Mm -hmm. we ran out of people we know. Mm -hmm. This is actually our way of letting people we know that they're not our friends anymore. Yeah. Which I guess is kind of weird because they probably don't listen to this podcast anyway. <laughs> so it'll never get to them. Yeah. We need to bring back the MySpace top eight friends so people know where they're <laughs> I never had a MySpace. You know that? Really? Yeah, at a Zanga because that's like what the Asian people had. I feel like you would thrive in MySpace. Though. I also feel I would thrive. Like ranking my friends, I live you for would, that yeah. shit. Yeah, <laughs> and you could have a little song that was like... Your background song. Oh my gosh. Well, I had that on Zanga. Oh. It was um, Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day. <laughs> Adds up completely. <laughs> Matches, you know, my mood. <laughs> so, Ellen, how were your holidays? It's our first recording of 2020. 2020. The rest of the world is kind of going to shit, but <laughs> <laughs> hoping for Beyond the Abstract to really take off. Yeah, yeah. We're the one, we're the one beacon of light in this <laughs> shitty, shitty world. Yeah. Holidays were really great. Okay. Um, What'd you do? I, I went home back to Kentucky for like two and a half weeks. Oh, okay. It was very nice. I consumed like a lot of Star Wars, so I'm sure like... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> that too. It goes hand in hand. <laughs> that was like the highlight of my... Okay, my mom is going to listen to this and get angry. Hanging out with my family was the highlight, and then the second tier highlight was just consuming all of Star Wars in, like, seven days. I'm very happy that you did that because you finally stopped referring them as those Adam Driver movies. <laughs> I mean, Kylo Ren was the motivation for this whole, like, undertaking, but my world has really been expanded. Well, I'm happy for that. <laughs> I think I think it'll be a, a big improvement in your life. Thank you. I do, too. How was your break? I went back home also. I'm from New Jersey, for those of you that don't know. And I was only there for like a week, honestly. I love New Jersey, but there's something like specifically horrific about like the (laughs) opportunity-laden horrors of an affluent New Jersey suburb. (laughs) How could you hate the liberal elite? I don't even understand. (laughs) Coastal elites are totally fine. Yeah. I went to public school for high school, so I'm like completely relatable. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> That's the litmus test. Oh, I went to an Ariana drag show. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It was incredible. I will say, I feel like it wasn't like quite the same without having a test the next day and oh. it not being in Brooklyn. Yeah. But it was like still incredible. Yeah. Like death drops like for days. <laughs> Did they cover all eras of Ariana? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. A little dangerous woman, a little sweetener. Thank you, Next. And her Christmas album stuff, which yeah. I like, absolutely live for. Yeah. So that was, like, incredible. You can tell how normcore med students are because what really gets me going is going to a concert the night before a test. Yeah. That's, like, that's how extreme my life is. That's you living on the edge. <laughs> that's me living on the edge. <laughs> me risking it all. 
a real adrenaline junkie. Yeah, just, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're talking about a paper in a super undersaturated field of research, Fiona's (laughs) cancer biology. Fun fact, the first lab I ever worked in was actually a cancer lab. Did you know that? This this is a fun fact you told me like two days ago. Oh, right, Because right, I right. was like, I feel like neither of us are super cancer bio-minded. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, that's how I started doing research. Yeah, so. I was, um, you know, 19 years old studying neuroblastoma in San Antonio. That's when I realized I enjoyed research and mm-hmm. like doing basic science, mm-hmm. but that cancer just wasn't really the field for me. I think it's obviously like an important field and there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. I just personally don't want to do it. Yeah. We're leaving it up to the people who are doing it much better than me. Yeah, exactly. It's really a selfless act. Yeah. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So the title of this paper is E-cadherin was required for metastasis in multiple models of breast cancer. And this was published in Nature last year, 2019, by the Ewald Group at Johns Hopkins University. So I know people throw around the term cancer um, a lot. And what people I think don't really realize is that cancer has a pretty specific definition. And that is when cells kind of grow out of control and have the potential to invade other tissues and really wreak a lot of havoc. It's mm-hmm. kind of like Ellen on New Year's Eve, actually. <laughs> That's why I felt amazing New Year's Day. Yeah. <laughs> it can be really problematic because it can spread to surrounding tissues and also even to distant tissues. And this is what we call metastasis. Mm-hmm. So the subject of this paper specifically is on breast cancer, which is really common among women. One in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. So this is a pretty important area of research. Cancer metastasis, as I said before, is when cancer spreads beyond its local region to another part of the body, such as the bones, the lungs, different areas. And it can occur through a lot of different routes, usually through vessels like the lymphatic vessels or blood vessels. And right now, the two main ways that scientists study cancer metastasis is either through cell culture, this is growing cells in a dish, or through animal models, such as mice. And each of these have their pros and cons. So cell culture, a lot of these cells are actually derived from human samples, which is a really big pro. You're actually using human cancer samples, so has some sort of relevance to human disease already. And the other pro is that it's just really easy to study. Cancer cells grow really, really well in any sort of condition, basically. And then it's also really easy just to treat them with different sorts of drugs Mm -hmm. and see what the effects are. You can see how much they grow, how far they grow, expression of different genes and stuff like that. But again, you know, you're only really studying it in this really isolated environment. And that's one of the strengths of animal models. Mm -hmm. So using animals such as mice, we can do experiments such as xenografts. This is where you actually inject human cancer cells onto a mouse. And you can see how those cells grow and behave. Or there are also spontaneous genetic models where mice just spontaneously get cancer because they're missing certain genes Mm -hmm. and whatnot. The cool thing about mice is that they're more physiologically relevant because you're not just doing something in a dish, you're taking the physiology of the entire mouse into account. Mm -hmm. The last thing I want to talk about in terms of background were cadherins. And you might have noticed in the title of the paper, they talk specifically about e-cadherin. 
So cadherins in general are adhesion proteins on the surface of cells. These are really the molecular glue molecules of cells. They help them stick to each other. An e-cadherin is a specific adhesion protein that's specific to the type of breast cancer that it originates from. We call this carcinoma. And the role of e-cadherin is actually pretty controversial in breast cancer and metastasis. Mm -hmm. It's controversial because when I first learned about breast cancer and cancer in general, it was thought that the loss of e-cadherin was necessary for cells to actually break away from the originating site and travel to these distance places, in other words, metastasis. But then other groups are saying that e-cadherin is actually necessary for these metastasis to grow and survive. So it seems like there was sort of disagreement in the cancer field about whether e-cadherin was necessary for cancer growth or not. If you think about it, logically, it kind of makes sense to think, okay, you actually have to lose e-cadherin for metastasis because the cell has to break away in some way. And if it's too tightly bound to other cells, then it's going to be really difficult for it to break away. Mm -hmm. And something else complicating the story is just that people use so many models to study cancer, genetic models, cell culture models, animals, and results that you find in one model might not necessarily translate to another model. Mm -hmm. And again, no one model is better than the other. They all have their strengths and weaknesses, but then it's just difficult sometimes to reconcile all these different results, especially when they're contradictory. Yeah, and I think that's something especially true for cancer biology is that, as we've been mentioning, there's some fundamental processes that happen in all cancers, but one thing we realized is that there's so many different types of cancer Even within the type of ductal breast carcinoma they're talking about, there's many different subtypes. So it's sort of trying to find underlying processes that can be targeted for many different types of cancer, but understanding that these many different types of cancer behave differently. Totally. The question that this group want to answer is, is e-cadherin present in metastatic breast cancer? And what is its purpose, whether it's expressed or not? really to settle the role of e-cadherin once and for all in breast cancer. So the first thing this group did was using conventional cell culture models, they deleted e-cadherin from these breast cancer cells and looked at its effect. Again, this is in cell culture models, so in a dish. They used genetically engineered breast cancer cells And with the addition of a special drug, they can force these cells to lose e-cadherin expression. And what's really cool is they genetically engineered these cells so that once it deletes it, they change from red to green. So Mm -hmm. you actually know when you're looking at them which cells had e-cadherin deleted and which one did not. Mm -hmm. In a model of cancer invasion, they found that deleting e-cadherin results in increased invasion of cancer cells compared to cells that retained e-cadherin. They also found that the cells broke away from the main cluster were usually green, meaning they lacked Mm e-cadherin. So again, this whole thing of increased invasion with loss of e-cadherin because these cells are just kind of less sticky. They Mm -hmm. stick to the other cancer cells less. Mm -hmm. This model is one of the most widely used models in cancer biology. But again, we keep emphasizing that at the end of the day, these are just cells in a dish. So we can characterize a lot of their behaviors, saying like, oh, they're more invasive, they might be more metastatic, but we really, really don't know until we study them further in some way. Yeah, so I'm assuming that this group 
once they saw this result in the cell culture, which they kind of expected, I'm assuming they wanted to move into these in vivo models, into the models involving the mouse to see if the cells behave in the same way. Yeah, that's exactly what they did next. They found that deleting E. catherine increased metastatic invasive behaviors in cells, but they want to see what exactly happens in a more physiologically relevant mass model. So they transplanted the same cancer cells in mice and then again added this drug that deletes E. catherine in some cells and turns them green and then looked at the number of metastases to the lungs. And in this case, they found that most of the metastases in the lungs were actually red, Mm -hmm. meaning that they retained E. cadherin. And this is kind of weird and confusing given the cell culture findings, right? Yeah. And it just emphasized that what we were saying before, that you can have surprising and different results depending on the model system that you're looking at. And no one's necessarily wrong wrong about anything. It's just you have to take it in different contexts. Mm -hmm. The next thing they did was they injected tumor cells into the bloodstream of mice and then looked at lung metastases. I really want to point out that there are two really main stages of metastasis. The first is the cancer cell breaking away. This is invasion. And then the second is that the cell has to find a home in another organ. Mm -hmm. This is actual metastasis. By injecting tumor cells into the bloodstream, they're really able to skip this first part, at least speed it up, Mm -hmm. and then look at the second part. What is the role of E. cadherin in finding a home in another organ? Mm -hmm. What they saw here was that they did have some green cells, meaning no E. cadherin, that were found in the lungs, but they were really, really minimal. Like most of the cells that actually ended up in the lungs were red. They still had E. cadherin. And further analysis of these cells showed that these green cells actually proliferated less compared to the red cells. So not having E. cadherin makes these cells divide less. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of weird because these are cancer cells. They should like grow essentially anywhere. Yeah, that's like their main job. And that's... One thing that I think is really cool about this paper is I feel like when we're taught cancer biology or people like us who aren't really in the field, a lot of times you think of invasion, this first step that Derek has been talking about, as a marker for metastasis. And what this paper is showing is that there's multiple steps and you can't just simplify evasion equals metastasis. Cancer is super complex. Once they showed that the loss of E. cadherin inhibited the metastasis to the lung and actually inhibited the proliferation, were they looking into the mechanism of why these cancer cells are so dependent on E. cadherin? They showed that E. cadherin is important in this actual metastatic process, but what exactly is it doing? Why is it so important for breast cancer cells to maintain their E. cadherin expression during metastasis. They looked at why E. cadherin was important in a lot of different ways, again, using both cell culture models and mouse models. And they showed that a lot of these cells lacking E. cadherin that break away, they're actually more prone to cell death. We already know that they proliferate less, they divide less, but they're actually more likely to die as well. They have a lot of these features of cell death, such as membrane blebbing it's kind of like they're all like bubbly and stuff and then a lot of their dna is fragmented and in pieces these are all signs that these cells are unhealthy and dying or about to die the reason that these cells die more frequently is because they're sensitive to free radicals free radicals are just damaging molecules that 
occur a lot of times with UV damage, you know, from the sun or tanning beds, don't tan, (laughs) (laughs) or inflammation in general, autoimmune diseases or other things also just exposes you to a lot of free radicals. Mm -hmm. And this can cause damage to healthy cells. But in this case, we see that the cancer cells also aren't really able to survive because they lack e-cadherin. And this is an interesting process because one of the ways that the body sort of prevents cancer or can control cancer in early stages is causing these cells that have abnormal growth or have some sort of damage. The body will make sure that these cells die so that they can't proliferate and sort of spread into this atypical cells. And there's a lot of ways that the body attacks these cells and a lot of ways that these cancer cells actually evade too. I mean, that's for another episode. That's like a whole other field of research within cancer biology that's really, really cool. Have you ever heard of CAR T cells, Ellen? (laughs) We are completely funded by CAR T cells and Carl (laughs) J. Yeah, yeah. Sponsor us. (laughs) (laughs) So the last thing they did, they wanted to see, okay, we know that these cells without e-cadherin are more sensitive to free radicals. What happens if we actually counteract this process by doing things like adding antioxidants? Mm-hmm. They're not just like blending blueberries and like adding it to the cells <laughs> or giving it to the mice. They're actually using pure <laughs> antioxidants. Sprinkle on some dark chocolate on your <laughs> cell culture. They showed that by adding antioxidants, they actually decrease cell death in cancer cells, in uh, cells lacking e-cadherin. This also increases proliferation and increases metastasis to the lungs in mice, which is pretty surprising, I feel. Usually just think of antioxidants as a good Good thing. thing. But as with everything, it really just depends on the context. Because you don't want to cause cells to survive that should be dead. Because like we said, cell death is an important way that your body regulates irregular growth. So what this paper showed is that in breast cancer, e-cadherin is actually necessary for these cells to be able to metastasize. Mm-hmm. And that when these cells lose e-cadherin, they're actually more sensitive to these free radicals and more likely to die and not be able to spread and metastasize. Exactly. I mean, this is a pretty important paper in laying to rest the whole controversy of e-cadherin in breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're saying this is like a big controversy, a big scandal, but researchers have been wondering for a really long time what the actual role of e-cadherin is, Mm -hmm. because it's used as a prognostic, a diagnostic marker a lot of times. So it can really muddy the waters to not really, really be sure about what the role of e-cadherin is. One major prognostic factor in determining how well people with cancer will do is the presence of metastasis. So people would sort of simplify that and say if there was still e-cadherin present, the patients would be protected from metastasis because they're thinking only of invasion. But now this paper is showing that the prognostic factors we might have been using before are not so clear. Totally. And breast cancer is a really, really common cancer among women. We talked a little bit about it earlier, but more than 250,000 new cases of breast cancer arise each year, and it's the second most cause of cancer deaths in women after lung cancer. This paper not only lays to rest the role of e-cadherin, but even raises the possibility if we inhibit e-cadherin, could this actually decrease metastases and increase breast cancer survival, Mm -hmm. it opens up an entire new avenue of therapeutic options for these people. Mm -hmm. And once again, it could be a targeted therapy that 
would have never been heard of in the cancer field before, I feel like, until this paper came right, out. Right, because it's like, oh, inhibit e cancer. Are you going to increase metastases? Yeah. Are you going to make the disease better, worse? Like, who really knows? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you took a good look at the competing interests, Oh, Ellen. I did it. Yeah, usually people are just like, I'm extremely boring. I don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in cahoots with any pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> But Andrew Wald, who is the principal investigator of the study, and also the first author of the study, they are both inventors on a patent related to using antibodies as cancer treatment. Oh. It's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. The other question that this raises is, should we be avoiding antioxidants? Mm -hmm. Like vitamin C is a well-known antioxidant, since they can potentially promote breast cancer survival mm -hmm. right i'm not saying like stop eating your oranges but this is kind of like a question that maybe we should start thinking about yeah because antioxidants will affect different cell types in different ways so maybe it's just safer for example for patients with cancer to avoid these sorts of antioxidant drugs yeah and at the end of the day you have to keep in mind that this work was done in a dish and in a mouse and yeah. that doesn't necessarily translate to what's going to happen in a human. Mm -hmm. In the end, we have to do more studies in humans to kind of test the safety of any of these therapies, really. Exactly. And I think another big caveat to this paper, it is very exciting, but how generalizable is this to other types of carcinomas and then even other cancers in general? Right, exactly. Breast cancer is not the only cancer that expresses e-cadherin and other carcinomas that Ellen was talking about also express e-cadherin. But super exciting. Yeah. That concludes episode six of Beyond the Abstract. I hope you guys liked just listening to the two of us. If not, we'll try to acquire friends in the meantime. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys know that we usually like to interview our guest, but since we don't have a guest, I'm just going to ask Ellen, what are your New Year's resolutions? Um... One resolution that's pod-related is that we're going to do a microbiome paper since <laughs> I am a complete disgrace to my field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll cut back on the cardio stuff. I feel like, you know, you guys get it by now that I used to do a lot of heart research. <laughs> a serious one that I feel like you can relate to is I want to get better at budgeting. I feel like you're the budget master. I so. am, you know, I love my spreadsheets. I love calculating how much I'm spending on, like, food alcohol which is a substantial amount yeah but anytime oh my gosh we'll do like a little special seminar yeah just bring tissues okay <laughs> god i'm terrified what is your resolution i think in 2020 i'm just gonna tell it like it is <laughs> this is directly correlated to the fact that we have no special guest it's derek's resolution to be more honest <laughs> now no one's left <laughs> we've scared everyone away you know well <laughs> Some people just need to hear it. <laughs> we'll just start calling them out by this podcast. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.